Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. About starting me off crying, I guess, right off the bat. I tell you. (laughs) You know, I really feel like God has something for everyone in this room this morning, an upgrade in the way we see God and the way we see circumstances and situations. And uh, can we just open up? I know we've already prayed a few times, but I just want to give a little bit more space. Lord, we just want you to have all this, the next 30 minutes, just 20 minutes, whatever it may be, just for you to do what you want to do, Lord. So we all in the room open our hearts to you first. And we want you to have first place in our hearts. We want you to have first place in our thoughts. And so we just give you everything anew and afresh right now. And we invite you and welcome you, Holy Spirit. You're the teacher. You're the counselor. And we ask you to give us wisdom and counsel. Spirit of wisdom and revelation would be upon us this morning so that we grow in our knowledge of you. We commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to maybe read just something from Psalm 100 because this past year has been just so amazing. I mean, I can't say it enough. But it says, enter his gates, verse four, with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And one thing that I've learned in 2019 is the faithfulness of God. Right before we moved up here, December the 27th, two days after Christmas last year, we moved up here. And I believe when God brings people to a move, he also brings us to a place where we need an upgrade in our vision of God. How we see God And I was going, I was in my office and I found this old notebook and there was a saying in there from Graham Cook and I just want to bring it up. It says, what we think about God is the single most important thing in our spiritual journey. Whenever we move into a new spiritual dimension of our calling and our ministry, we must take time to upgrade our relationship with God. Right now, how do you see God? How do you think he sees you? What does he see when he looks at you? Are you aware that that nothing can separate you from the love of God? Are you aware just how crazy he is about all of us? that his thoughts towards us are as numerous as the grains of sand. Like he literally thinks about you all the time. If we're going to move 
into an upgrade this year, I think we need to look back just a second. And Daryl mentioned it. I believe God has been really faithful to this community. And I believe that over the course of, of last year, just think of all the people that came to Jesus. And I said this in the first service, but I met with two guys after they were baptized. They actually were baptized at the beach on the retreat. And when I sat down with them, I said, let's go to John 3.16. I said, you know what that is, right? And they looked at me and they said, I've never heard of John 3.16. So sometimes, like God does above and beyond, we just think everybody knows what John 3.16 is. We just take so much for granted, but God is doing so much. And I just wanted to read that psalm, and I just want to give thanks to God this morning for his faithfulness. I mean, he's been faithful. He will continue to be faithful. And as we move forward into 2020, he's going to be even more faithful. I want to talk about faithfulness. I want to talk about a, a few things, but I've been thinking about for the last month, what we've been actually talking about. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I've heard so many stories of people taking the envelope, the money that we gave a few weeks ago, and then they said the Lord prompted them to add money to that envelope. And then they took it to Walmart. Why do you, we always say Walmart. Walmart must be the greatest place ever for sharing our faith because we always bring up Walmart. I don't know what it is. But Walmart, restaurants, and other places, and something we've noticed is Almost every time someone receives that gift, they begin to weep or cry. And it's because the goodness of God. People are not expecting people to be so generous. And that's what God is really like. And you know the verse, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared beforehand for us. Like, he literally has been preparing things before you were born so that you and I could walk right into them. Like, it's an easy ramp. It's an own ramp to good things. I don't know if you've ever heard this verse, but in Acts 10, 38, if you want to mark that on your phone or in your Bible, it says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Over Christmas, we've been talking about Emmanuel a lot. God with us. So I've been asking myself the question, am I really living like God is with me? Like, am I aware 24-7 that God is with me? Like God with us, like God in the car with you, God in the shower with you, God at the gym with you. Are you aware that he's with us? Like he really came down from heaven to be with us. And so I believe he wants to give us an upgrade this morning in our awareness of who he really is and who he wants to be for all of us. Who does, man, it's so good to see y'all. 
It's so good to see the Hardys. I've got some people up here from High Point. My parents are here. My family's here. I feel like I'm getting juiced. <laughs> All these people from High Point are up here. Now I lost where I was, but, but no, so God, so God is so with us, but are we really living like it? You know, are we aware of the upgrade when heaven came to earth, when Jesus came to earth? We were talking about it Saturday night at, at dinner. We were telling our son Samuel, he still lives in Hopwood and goes to college there, and we were talking and he was like we were telling him about all this the, the generosity he's like dad I got one for you he said believe it or not it happened at Walmart <laughs> he was at Walmart and he's you know how Walmart you, there's like 500 people waiting to check out and there's like five lines actually open and they just keep backing up farther and farther so he's like I'm back at the clothing aisle almost you know it was so far back the line and the Lord said, Sam, I want you to buy the people's groceries behind you. And he's like, starts having this conversation in his mind with God. I'm just a college student. How, how can I buy their, their groceries? And uh, before long, the, a line opened next to him. And so Samuel and the family behind come up to the register. And he said, before he knew it, it just blurts out of his mouth. The Lord wants to bless you and I'm going to buy your groceries today. He said, it's just like blurted out of his mouth. And he said, the lady started to weep and she started to cry. And the funny thing about the story that Sam said was the guy was actually drunk. The father or the man that was with her was drunk. And he said, man, you want to bless me? I'm drunk. And Samuel said, yes, God wants to bless you just right where you are. <laughs> he said, man, you about to sober me up now. <laughs> so when God comes on people, they sober up. But it's the kindness and the goodness of God that wakes people up. And we've been preaching it and saying it, but there's a great awakening happening up here in Boone. People are being awakened to God for the first time. Like people think they're coming to college to get an education and hopefully they are, but they're getting a lot more. Their parents, just think about it. Your, the parents that have been praying for the kids to come to Jesus are coming to Jesus up here at App State. Just think about how awesome it is. When I, think about two, when I think about 2020, I keep hearing the word 2020 vision. Like we're, we're gaining vision for the new year. When I think of 20 and 20, I think a double portion. I think of God bringing a double portion of what he's already been doing, but he's going to double it in 2020. And we're going to have a new vision. You know, it, uh, I've You've heard me quote Graham Cook, but if you want to see something you've never seen before, you must be willing to do something you've never done before. There's things, there's good things prepared for us that are awaiting us, but it takes faith to literally step into it. It takes a belief that God is good, and when I step out in faith, he's going to meet me there. Bless you.
that God is doing something in our midst. Saturday, I had something amazing happen to me. Usually what I do, I have a kind of like a, I don't want to call it a ritual, but on Friday, I prepare what I'm going to say, and then Saturday, I come to the church, and I do my outline, I print it out, and then I get it ready, and then I spend some time in here praying. So I told Sandy, I'm, I'm heading to the church. So I get to the church, and I feel in my heart, the Lord just says, keep driving. So I start, I just drive, drive up to the stoplight, turn right. Drive to the next stoplight, turn left. And he said, just keep driving. So I don't know Boone that well, <laughs> so I'm just driving, you know. And then I get this thought, you're getting ready to get lost. And this thought's like, man, you're getting ready to get out to where you're, no phone service or anything, you're going to be lost. And so I'm kind of having this conversation in my mind, and then I feel like God just says, who do you trust more, your navigation system or me? And then he starts really talking to me about, do you listen to Google more or do you listen to me more? Do you listen to Siri more or do you listen to me more? And he tells me to keep driving. He said, I'll tell you when to pull over. And then I, I just begin to drive and drive. And I turn around once. He said, that's where it is. So I turned around and I sat there for an hour. And I let God just give me an upgrade about who he is. You know, so often we want to play it so safe. We want to play it so comfortable. For those of, the, of you that come here every Sunday, do you sit in almost the same place every Sunday? Do you go to the same restaurant and eat the same food every week? I mean, do you? Is that... Why is that? We like comfort, right? But have you ever thought about in the deeper waters is where God wants to meet us sometimes? Yes, he can meet, he can, he can meet us in the routine of life, but he's also pushing us farther out. And that's where it takes faith. And that's where I believe God has been trying to push me out. So that I'm actually listening to the upgrade that I believe that God wants to give me. Like, how am I really seeing God right now? Is he going to meet my needs or do I have scarcity? We've talked about that. Like, God's not going to be enough when I step out in faith. Can we look at Psalm 37 for just a second? I've been reading this psalm a lot. And I love the way it says it in the New American Standard. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. I'm finding out that trusting in the Lord and doing good is actually just being obedient to whatever he's asking you to do. 
because you're trusting in his voice, you're trusting that you heard his voice, and then you're actually walking in the light. And I'm having fellowship on this journey with him as I trust him and I begin to do good, which he's already prepared good things, right? So I'm walking in what he's prepared for me, but it's through trusting him that I'm able to walk into the goodness of God that he wants to lavish on all of us. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. You want to get an upgrade? Begin to be faithful in the smallest of things that you think don't really matter. We had a life group. We have a life group called Thrive. And we talk a lot about life, where they're at. Like they just, people that just graduated, they're starting their careers. And we started talking about faithfulness. And I asked this question, and I I don't mean to stir up any waters, but you know I'm pretty good at doing that sometimes. Does it really matter if we're late for church? I mean, does it matter to God, like, if, if we're faithful in the small things, does it really matter? Well, it's how you look at things. If I have an appointment with someone, I try my best to be there early. My grandfather used to say, you're either late or early. You're hardly ever on time. And so it's not in a religious way that we get to church early, but I want to delight myself in the Lord even longer. If worship, if I was created for worship, then I want to be here when worship starts. If that's what I was created for, and we preach that a lot, that we're created for worship, then being on time or early for worship is really important. Just think of this. If everybody in this room came full, we came full, and then when we all got here, we dumped out. I'm not going to do it. We, we all just dumped our, dumped our praises out. This room would be so full because we came here expecting. We came here to give something. We, gave, we, we didn't come to get, but we came to give. Is it really better to give than to receive? If we believe that strongly enough, then we'll be faithful in it. In our time, with our resources, with our money, we'll be faithful in the smallest of things. I want to talk to you a little bit about vision. But first, I just, uh, just flip me with one just quick second, Colossians 1. If I'm going to grow and get an upgrade in God and who he is, then There's this phrase that comes up a lot in Paul's letters. And it's in Colossians 1. It's a prayer. It's in Colossians 1. It's in Ephesians 1. But in verse 9, this is a prayer I want to encourage you to begin to pray this coming year. Colossians 1, 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, 
bearing fruit in every good work. There's that word good, in every good work, and increasing in what? In the knowledge of God. We all in this room, including myself, need an upgrade in our knowledge of God. God, we can't even fathom how deep and how wide and how tall he is. But I want to grow in the knowledge of God, the way I see God. Like I want to see him clearly for who he really is. And then I want to believe that he's seeing me the way he wants me to know that. When we think of vision, we always think of this one verse, if you want to flip there, Proverbs 29, 18. You know, with, without vision, people perish. I want to read you two versions. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. The ESV says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. When you have vision, like I asked this in the first service, and I know that Jerry over here has ran a marathon, but has anyone else in this room ever ran a marathon? Two, three? Wow. Let me... (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, if I have a vision... When you had a vision to run a marathon, you had some boundary around your life because you had a vision. You didn't stop by Krispy Kreme and get a dozen donuts before your run every morning. No, you had a vision for it, so you lived a certain way leading up to running that marathon. When God encountered people in the Bible, they lived different. When God encountered Paul, he had a vision of God and he lived a vision. He lived, he lived for Christ and Christ alone. And at the very end of his life, he said, I have run the race. I have fought the good fight and I have kept the faith. That man did it all the way to the end. And if you read his accounts, he was beaten 39 lashes several times. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned to death. He was shipwrecked. I mean, if you read all the things that he went through, probably most people would have been like, man, I don't know if that's the will of God or not. I'm out of here. But no, he stuck it out. So vision, you got to start 2020 with a vision for your marriage, for your family, for your life. What is God prophetically, what is God speaking to you through the scriptures? Have you asked God, what is the vision you want me to have for for my life in 2020? How do you want me to see more clearly in 2020 than I was able to see in 2019? So do you have that vision yet? Jesus had a vision. Flip with me real quick to John 6. Jesus had a vision when he came to earth. I started at Christmas looking up all the different reasons why Jesus came to earth. There was like 30 different verses of why Jesus came to the earth. And in 638, I think it is. I'm... 
For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Listen to this. This is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. You know what Jesus' will was? He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Jesus came with a vision and he lived it out his whole life. So just think, if you and I get a vision for 2020, how are we going to live? We're not going to be reckless, unrestrained, but we're going to have vision and we're going to stay the course. But it starts with a vision and it starts with asking God for the vision. When I was preparing this, I had a random text from from Chase. He's sitting on the front row. He was actually playing the drums And he sent me this text with a picture. And it's the picture of an amphitheater near Price Lake. And he says this to me. He said, all four years of my time here in school, I've wanted to do a worship night here. I feel this summer or maybe even this next semester is when it should happen. He's dreaming. God's given him a vision, but he's had it for four years. And I said, Chase, why haven't you done anything with it? Well, man, I don't know. Just things slip in. You know, I just kind of lost vision. But no, God's speaking to Chase. And now he shared it with me. So now I'm going to hold Chase accountable. But you know, the funny thing is, after the first service, a lady that works for the forestry department, National Park, she said, I'm going to help you do that. She said, I'm going to help you make a way to do that. When you share your vision, yeah. When you share your vision with other people, including God, you, he shared it with you, then you share it with other people. Momentum begins to happen. I also had this random story of my grandfather and I. One of the last times we ever went fishing together, And my grandfather loved to fish. I mean, he caught like 600, 700-pound tunas. He's caught huge salmon up in Newfoundland. He loved to hunt and fish. And so he had a vision to take me down to South Carolina. It was right on the the border of South Carolina and Georgia. And it's thousands of acres of land where they let you fish and hunt. He said, I've got a vision that we're going to... He said, this place is packed with bass. And so we're on our way there. We get ready to get the canoe out. And he said, I'm going to tell you something else. There's a lot of alligators in here too. <laughs> so we, we put the boat in and I'm in the back. I'm stroking it. I'm going along. And then all of a sudden, no joke, this alligator, he's as long as the canoe, swims right by us. And I'm thinking to myself, now your vision might be to catch fish, but my vision is don't get eaten by an alligator. And funny story is my grandfather, he, he's, he was a rough, rugged man. He fought in two wars. He, he was a man's man. But as he got older, he got real shaky. And so we were in that canoe. And he's like, excuse me I, for saying this, but he said, I got to 
use the bathroom. He said, but we're not rowing back to the shore. I'm going to stand up and pee out of the boat. It was a canoe. So he's shaky and he's getting up and I'm thinking, oh God. He goes to reach for his zipper and he's like, you know, shaking the whole canoe. You ever seen Sherlock Holmes? I pictured myself like Sherlock Holmes. Okay, when this boat tips over, I'm grabbing my big blade I got here. I'm going to grab my grandfather and then I'm going to gut this alligator. Like I'm thinking, because out of my peripheral, the alligator's like 20 feet from us. The big one. I've already seen like a couple of five or six footers. Nothing. But thank God I didn't have to fulfill that vision. And he actually sat back down. I was like, thank you. I said, granddad, aren't you scared of these alligators? He said, man, my eyes are on the fish, not the alligators. And then I said, Lord, that's what it is. So often there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of fish that God wants us to catch. But our eyes are on the alligators. Fear. See, my grandfather fought in two wars and he faced death several times. Seven ships left Savannah, Georgia after Pearl Harbor and his ship was the only one that came back. And he, we've read stories of him saving people from like sharks and like entering ships and saving people. So my grandfather did not care about an alligator. He had already faced death before. What was an alligator to him? But so often we think the alligator are the, are the situations or the circumstances are so much bigger than God. But God says, trust in the Lord and do good. If there's a harvest to be caught this year in 2020, we need to set our eyes on Jesus. And then we need to set our eyes on the harvest. It's plentiful. Can I give you like maybe just three quick things I think would really help you in 2020? Get a, get a vision from God. Ask God. God, what is, what is it you want to do different in 2020. And when you believe he spoke to you, then start living like it, like you have a vision. Live like you have a vision. And from Psalm 37, begin to cultivate faithfulness every day. And these are three things I want you to do uh, I think would help you. Cultivate Thanksgiving. Every morning when I wake up, I want the first thing on my mouth, the first thought is, thank you, Jesus. I want the first words that come out of my mouth to be thanks. Thanksgiving. Not hit the snooze 10 times. Oh, I got to get up. But no, get up with thanksgiving. Get a kick in your step. Get up. I'm alive. God's blessed me. He saved me. I belong to Jesus. I'm alive. Like get up with thanksgiving in your life, in your heart. The second one is, is worship. You know, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
And I heard this saying, it says, if thanksgiving opens God's gates, then worship opens his heart. Worship opens his heart and worship opens our heart. So we've got worship. We've got praise and worship. We've got thanksgiving. And the last one is we've got stillness. This culture we're living in keeps us so busy. We don't ever have time to be still. What did the Psalm 4610 said? Be still and know that I am God. Take time to meditate on God's word. Take time to open it. Don't think about, I've got to read. Think about, I get to read. Don't, I, I got to read this one. No, I get to. It's a privilege. Get a new vision for reading the word, like meditating on it. I love Psalm 5, 3. It says, in the morning, oh Lord, you hear my voice. And in the morning, I wait in expectation. Could you stand with me? Let's just take the last few minutes and just give thanks to God in worship. Let's adore him and let's ask him just to open his heart towards us and us to open our hearts to him. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboone.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.